Today's program was brought to you by the Nutritional Therapy Association, real education for people who believe in real food. For more information, visit nutritionaltherapy.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sharp and Hot. I am your host, Chef Emily Peterson, broadcasting to you live from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn, on a chilly March afternoon. Thank you so much for listening and giving me a half an hour of your time. Joining me in the studio is my dear friend and world traveler, Allison Hamlin. Hi, Allison. Hi, Emily. Just before we went on the air, Allison was sharing photographs from her yoga retreat in Columbia that she just went on. Yeah, she's doing it again. I she, know. I'm sorry, you can't see, you can't see any of them, but it was great. So you booked this trip about nine months ago, and you were kind of nervous about it at the time because you felt like I booked a trip to Colombia. What have I just done? Yeah, well, I I booked it at a point in my summer, I think, in my life where I, I was just like, mm, I need something, but I don't know what it is. Like when you're hungry, but you don't know what you want to eat, and you're not sure you're hungry yet. Um, but I. I just did it on a whim, which is super unlike me. Um, I've known you for a long time. Yeah. It's very unlike yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, in a good way. Like, you're very, like, this is what I'm going to do. And you're very, like, plan-oriented. And you execute a plan, and then you're happy because things went according to plan. Yes. Yeah, so I like to manage my own expectations. But um, I had a I, – I go to this amazing studio in Williamsburg called Sync Studio. And um, they had sent out this email. They were like, oh, it's our first retreat. We are going to Columbia. Um and you should come. And my friend Talia uh, sent it to me, and she was like, crazy idea, should we go? And I was like, uh, maybe, I guess, sort And of. you guys are both single ladies. <laughs> well, I wasn't at the time, but... Oh, yeah, that's true, I forgot, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, but you are you are relatively unattached. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as you, of now, yes. You, you were a coupled lady at the time. Talia was coupled at the time? No, Talia was single. Um, but, fun story, I was at my partner's sister's wedding at the time. So we were in Charleston, his sister was about to get married, he was about to leave on a month-long road trip across the country. I remember and, this well. Um, he was mad at me because I told him that I couldn't take the time off from work. Um, and then I turned around and booked a week-long vacation to Columbia. So I was a little bit in the doghouse, but I kind of was like, I'm doing this one for me. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to close my eyes and jump. So I put my deposit down and and then I kind of forgot about it. Like I, I, they like kind of sent us a couple of reminders. Like, hey, by the way, the rest of your money is due. Don't forget. <laughs> like, you gotta, you gotta pay us if you want to come. And um, yeah, and a lot of my life has changed, uh, obviously, between now and then. Um, and and weirdly, I don't think I was the only one. I think that was a story I heard a lot with people on this trip. Was you know either, um, you know, their life had changed significantly. They were like looking to come or go from the city uh they were entering or exiting relationships they were looking for new jobs they were leaving old jobs um so it really seemed like it ended up being this focal point for a lot of people's energy and transition uh and i thought a lot about the, the idea of like retreat um and like i think it can mean two things one it can mean obviously to get away so retreat like take a step back to retreat physically or mentally 
Um, but we also played around with the idea of like retreat, like treat yourself, like bring joy and light into your life and think about what you need. Um, and I, I bought before I left this really like very, um, kind of like hippie spiritual book. You're in a safe place. Um, yeah, well, I, I got like really into, I got really, I was looking for books and I stumbled upon this book at, uh, this Williamsburg bookshop called, uh, be here now by Baba Ram Das. Um, so his whole story is that he was like a professor at Harvard with Timothy Leary and did a whole bunch of LSD and had all of these like mind expanding experiences. And then he was like, this isn't satisfying me anymore. I need to go deeper and journeyed all through Asia and um, Southeast Asia and ended up in India following this guy into the mountains and they had this yoga retreat and he had this like newfound spirituality so the whole book I mean you should look it up on the internet it is one of the craziest books I've ever seen there are all of these woodblock prints in the middle of the book about his like there's sort of like psychedelic yogic meditations um maybe emily can i'm gonna look it up later Uh, it's 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 really it was like really amazing and because it's not a super dense book it, it leaves you a lot to think about but um basically what i took out of it was that this was time for me to do me um, which is the thing that's really hard to do in New York because you're just constantly bombarded by so many things that are on your mind that people are emailing you or texting you and you're just so overwhelmed by all of the stimulation that you forget to take that space for yourself. So, you know, last week you were sort of, you know, or two weeks ago while I was here, you were talking about kind of making difficult decisions for yourself around your life habits. And I think that's really applicable even in this situation where um, I put my phone on airplane mode and I left it in my room all week. I didn't pick it up. I did not check my email. I didn't, I wasn't on social media. I posted a picture of myself on Snapchat at the airport saying, peace out bitches. (laughs) And I, and then I posted, I have just gone off the grid. I've just gone off the grid. And I really like tried to, I, I know this sounds really hokey, but I really tried to be in every minute. And it was hard at first because your brain just wants to pull you away. Um, So to make that space, you have to be, I mean, it's just, you have to be really intentional about it. And I would really, I mean, I haven't taken, this was the first vacation I've taken in five years and it scared me. I really was afraid to be gone for this long, but everybody still here (laughs) (laughs) the studio is still here and you're still here and everybody has just managed to go on and so um and you're better for it right i mean like can mm -hmm. you are you bringing back some of that i mean was it relaxation was it connectivity and all of the things like can you bring that back to work or is it like sacred space and it's a different part well i think two things um one what this taught me was that I have built up a lot of barriers to feeling vulnerable or, or just to feel anything. So whether that is being like, oh, I feel weird in this moment, I'm going to check my email, or I feel weird, or I feel uncomfortable, so I have to be busy, or I have to, you know, I, being alone feels strange, so I'm going to reach out and just, like, text somebody. Uh, so I've, I've really tried to be thoughtful about those moments and be like, oh, I'm waiting in line for the bathroom and there's someone standing next to me. I could just talk to them. Uh, <laughs> so not a New Yorker thing crazy, I do. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Um, so f- like feeling those feelings and recognizing them and putting them aside uh, 
which is also, I mean, not ironically, like a thing that I've been working with my therapist with a lot. <laughs> so, um, you know, sometimes they say you have to hear something seven times to like listen to it and then over and over until it sinks in. Uh, but to your question about work, I think um, what I have noticed going through my inbox, <laughs> 200 <laughs> unanswered emails, is that um, I was just overthinking things so much. It was just like effort a little bit less and trust people to know like what what you need and be clear but you don't have to solve the whole problem you can you can say like here's what I'm going to solve this is what I can do um, I want to help you or I I can't help you is even an okay answer but but to not let that get to the point where you're like so overwhelmed by all of the options and the possibilities that you let that fear of taking that first step stop you from taking any steps at all yeah um, I, when I was in the public teaching in the public school system, there was this like culture of watching people who did nothing would just get more nothing to do. <laughs> and the people who worked really hard got more stuff to do. And there was this like real mm, tension. That's, yeah. That's a restaurant thing too. I think, um, maybe we could talk about that later. Yeah. Well, I, and I think it's like learning and I have this great perspective in my students we had a really great conversation today because a lot of them are about to graduate from undergraduate school and so and I've been there white knuckled like I need to know what I'm gonna do like tomorrow and I have to like remind you know and I'll say things to them that sound smart like relax and they're like it's easy for you to say and I'm like yeah I've got 15 years of experience on you and what I learned is that white knuckling is not doesn't make things easier and mm-hmm. so to the idea like the harder you work the more work there is to do there's something I think that comes with experience or something where it's like you're kind of in charge of that mm-hmm. you know like only people can only put onto you or prescribe to you so much where you can say I'm not doing that whereas you and I both I think super ambitious super you know smart and funny and all those wonderful <laughs> oh, things <shucks>. <laughs> but I think we really like gravitate towards problem solving let me fix that for you let me fix that for you mm-hmm. and then you can make yourself really crazy mm-hmm. and it takes something like retreating um god I need to do that too mm-hmm. but I feel like I've, I've been trying to do it on like little bits like every day mm-hmm. like going for a run or whatever I took the dog for a walk in the woods yesterday yeah well the other thing about this trip that blew my mind um, was I spent every minute outside. So even sleeping, uh, our bungalows were enclosed, but the bathroom was open. Um, there was like a shower outside, <laughs> like waterfall shower in the palm trees. And we were outside the whole time. And I realized how much of your life you spend in the city. I mean, just indoors, underground, out of the light and and never thinking about how important that connection is to yourself and to your natural surroundings. And I think one of the things I'm looking forward to now the weather is getting warmer is finding ways to be outside um, and just realizing how happy that makes me. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's really true for everyone, but I think it just changes your brain chemistry enough where you're, where you're, you're different. When people, t- I, it's rare that I hear someone say I don't like to be outside, but if I've heard that, <laughs> it's like someone telling They're me like, they were super popular in high school. I'm like that says something about a person. <laughs> They're like, are you a vampire? <laughs> Should I be worried? It's like how outside is awesome. Like, what's not yeah, to like? It's <laughs> super, super awesome. And um, and then eat. Like, this is 
true of all things, but um, we were lucky and had this amazing chef who cooked us three, sometimes four meals a day um, with all of this fresh, fresh, it was fresh um, produce, fresh fish, fresh everything, fresh juices. We had juice with every meal. And I know this makes me sound like one of those obnoxious hippie yogis, um, but they're not all like they're not that blissed out for no reason. They really like, <laughs> like I came back. Uh, Roberta's had a pop up at Isa um, and I came back and took took a class at the studio the day I came back and then went and ate two pizzas. <laughs> and I will tell you, there is a big difference from um, eating ceviche on the beach with a little bit of like, a little bit of juice to scarfing down a whole pizza. Yeah. You, the, yeah. you just, there's, those things are not the same. Not the same. Yeah. And I think being mindful of that stuff, like what we consume is so important. So I still have not had a drink. Mm-hmm. And I have sort of, you know, I'm being very mindful of like, what does this feel like? What am I feeling? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I've realized is that with the exception of a 90 minute window, pretty much when I'm cooking dinner, mm-hmm. that. That's tough because I really miss having a glass of wine. Right. Because that's your moment with the phone in the bathroom. Yeah. You're yeah. like, oh, I feel like there's an itch and I want to scratch it with a thing that feels comfortable yep. for me. Familiar, comfortable. Um, uh, it gives me, it's like my way of having, giving myself permission to like end my day. Like, mm. I'm not going to think anymore. Oh, like, that's I'm your transition done. phase. Yeah. And I... Other than that, and I'm working with that and like mm-hmm. just sitting with it and feeling that feeling of a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of like, oh, am I really never going to drink again? And like, like we said last week, I keep telling myself like, no, dummy, that's not how this, like, we're not, <laughs> this isn't what we're doing. Um, everything else is better. Yeah. Everything else. 100% better. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Like, and now I, I, so I didn't drink for a month and then I went back to drinking and now I'm not drinking. And I was like, no, it's. Everything's better without the drinking. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's like my little dietary retreat, too. I feel like my body's working better. Food tastes better. I just feel like there's something about being able to get up at 430 in the morning without a problem. Like, just I just get up mm-hmm. and I, you know, get on my day. Yeah. So. Well, well, and too, I think you just you hold yourself hostage to people are bad long term maximizers. They are pretty good at short time short term so you're like well tomorrow I don't want to feel this way but it's hard to know what you're going to feel like for the rest of your life which is again that first step that people are afraid of taking um, and I think is hard for people like us and maybe people who are listening who can identify with this about people who like to do things because um, it's really easy to do an active thing, but it's really hard to refrain from doing a thing. And over a long time, you're like, I'm a doer. I do things. But not doing this thing is really much harder, <laughs> perversely, than, than doing all the things that, like, in your mind that's racing and trying to get ahead and do all the stuff. Um, you, can't, you can't check something off your list that you did not do yeah yeah or, or you just put not doing something on a list yeah maybe that's a, you should do that yeah i mean i thought about it because there's something about you know that i i think we for me doing yoga doing meditation taking care of myself physically 
eating well, eating mindfully. There's something about that that I can extrapolate out total self-indulgent narcissism. Mm. Like I can look at that and be like, you are such a jerk. <laughs> like what? And that's like, that's just one of the many voices, you know, like personality traits of that makes someone round, that make me round, that I don't particularly like about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's this, uh, I have a wonderful, there's one of the wonderful yoga instructors at the gym at the Y where I go and she's like, I want you to think, every, at the beginning of every good practice, she's like, I want you to think of someone who needs this to like dedicate your energy to. And there's part of me in my head that's like cracking Me. <laughs> I, I know. You're like, it's like this me, girl. <laughs> but also like, come on. Like, come on. And that's my like, na- like mean spiritedness and if I like put that aside and I put all those like mm-hmm. chattery voices that'll be there just that's, put those on a shelf that's your ego it's my ego it feels so much nicer to not indulge that and mm-hmm. not like be critical of everything and instead enjoy that moment of not doing anything mm-hmm. or or to put your trust in somebody else to tell you what to do and be like okay okay yoga teacher you want me to put my feet where right and that's something so liberating too like somebody you do <laughs> like you work alone so much, your work not physically alone but so much of what you do is self driven and self perpetuating it's like you've got to be telling yourself what to do all the time it's so relaxing to have somebody else be like okay do this for the next 90 minutes or whatever it mm-hmm. is yes and exercise yep. and trust which yep. is which is hard it's being vulnerable is like allowing them to come into the space where you've built those walls and to say take a break yep like trust me follow me it's gonna be fine you can do anything for a minute yeah (laughs) yep i tell myself that a lot that being said we're gonna take a quick break and then when we come back we're gonna do something meaningful and answer a listener question (laughs) we haven't done that in a while and i have a really good one nice Today's program was brought to you by the Nutritional Therapy Association. The Nutritional Therapy Association, NTA, is a vocational nutrition school that develops, trains, and certifies nutritional therapy practitioners and nutritional therapy consultants to understand and reverse the tragic and unsuspected effects of the modern diet on their clients based on their bio-individual nutritional needs. There's no perfect diet for everyone. Their philosophy is that the myriad of health problems that plague modern society result from weakness in the body's physiological foundations as a result of poor nutrition and that everyone deserves to be healthy. Throughout NTA seminars, students access a wide range of educational tools and techniques that help identify and correct nutritional imbalances from a holistic perspective, emphasizing the importance of properly prepared, nutrient-dense whole foods. Their organization was founded on the teachings of Weston A. Price and the science of Dr. Francis M. Pottinger. For more information, visit nutritionaltherapy.com. Welcome back to Sharp and Hot, everyone. Joining me in the studio is Allison Hamlin. Allison, we're going to take a listener question. I have it written down. It came in as an email. What is the difference between cooking with kosher salt versus sea salt versus table salt versus Himalayan salt, etc.? This is a good, rich this question. Is, this is a great question. Okay, I'm going to start with table salt. Throw it away. <laughs> Anything that says table salt on it or iodized 
table salt has had iodine added to it, which is not, which is fine. It is a relic of a time when people living primarily in cities did not get enough iodine in their diet, which resulted in um, not growing correctly as a kid and all sorts of, I should know, th- I don't know, things like old things, like rickets. Bad stuff. Like you get rickets or scurvy. Not scurvy, that's the vitamin, <laughs> vitamin C one. C. Uh, but the equivalent, the iodine equivalent of not having any what, iodine. Where are people eating iodine today? What, what are they getting their iodine from now? Vegetables. Oh, okay. Vegetable. So if you eat like a kale salad once a month. If you are cool and live cool. in Brooklyn, <laughs> you are covered. You have enough iodine. Throw that forever. salt away. Any like, fortified cereals, fortified bread, things that you're buying at the supermarket, that you're, you're covered. And if you're experiencing any symptoms that your doctor is like, that would send you to the doctor, that would the doctor would be like, hmm, maybe it's an iodine shortage, that would, could take care of itself. I used to, I, I dated somebody who thought they had rickets once. What were the <laughs> symptoms? I'm not sure oh, no, I want to scurvy, know. scurvy. You know, this, <laughs> you know this person. I do. Oh, okay. We, sh- we won't say their name we on We won't air. say this name on air, but... Why did they think they had... Scur- I mean, like, literally squeeze a lemon, half a lemon in your water once a week. <laughs> oh! I just got a whisper. Yes, well, this person was, like, allergic. Like, he would brag to me about how he knew what fast food restaurants were between his home and his subway stop and his subway stop at work, and that... Like with pride, would tell me that those were the places that he ate, and yeah. this is not a part. I mean, he is a young, he is a peer, but this is a person with like a real time job and like a grown up set of responsibilities. And I would look at him like, "What do your insides look like?" Like all I could think of was because he's slender and he's genuinely. I mean, he's a handsome guy. You like look yeah. from the outside, but you're, did you have the poster in your health class when you were in high school of like, it was a woman's face that was like decaying and it said, <laughs> if smoking did to the outside of your body what it does to the inside, would you still smoke? And I saw that poster every day and I still smoked for 15 years. So it wasn't a, be- a very effective ad campaign, but that's what I used to think about him. I almost just said his name. <laughs> they like, dude, you are gonna, if they autopsy you, you're gonna look like emphysema face lady on the inside so anyway we digress we digress okay so table salt is like the white shaker at the diner it's the white shaker on picnic tables it's not gonna hurt you it's fine but if you're spending money on salt you don't need the iodine and you have lots of other good things to choose from so kosher salt is in the big red box or the big blue box diamonds diamond crystal is the choice of most chefs it's the red and white box it has a particular feel between your fingers that I love. I find it very comforting. I know exactly how much to rub between my fingers for any application. Uh, and it's super, super tactile. It's a flat. It's a flat grain. Mm-hmm. It's a flat grain. It's not. It itself is not kosher certified, but it's used in the kosher processing of for meat. Koshering. For koshering meat. As a, as a verb. Correct. Okay. Not itself is not necessarily kosher. Um, Kosher salt, super inexpensive, comes in large quantities. You use it to salt water for boiling pasta. I use, I mean, any salting application, it's perfectly fine. It has a completely neutral flavor, which is the other thing I'll say about iodized salt is I, it, 
Now, I think in a blind test, I would probably be proven wrong, but I would say iodized salt has a particular flavor to it. It's like a little iron. Yeah, you get like a metallic. Kind of like when you bite your cheek Mm -hmm. and you're like bleeding in your mouth a little bit, but Mm -hmm. it's salty. But that's kosher salt doesn't have that because it's pure. There's literally no additives. Sea salt is sort of the next step up in the expensive. I mean, for as expensive as salt can be, which Mm -hmm. is not really all that expensive. Um, Sea salt comes from the ocean and it has been evaporated. Well, this is going to come. I know. <laughs> Show me. You said the word. Tree. I'm already wistful. <laughs> uh, the, so the salt has been, the water has been distilled off, leaving behind the salt and you can get it in any size crystal from super, super fine powder all the way up to chunks um, that, you know, sometimes restaurants set oyster shells on if you order a plate of oysters. It's much more expensive than kosher salt. So you wouldn't, it would be wasteful, I think, to use it to salt water for pasta because you're just going to throw it away ultimately in the draining of the water. Um, But for things like omelets and salads and it's fun to play around with, they all have their own personalities. Some of them are red, some of them are black. Red salts are red because of a particular algae. Red sea salts, I should say, are red because of a particular algae. When the water, when the ocean water was distilled off, the algae stayed behind. Black sea salt uh, is not naturally black. Charcoal is added to it. That's so sad. So nothing, it, but yeah, it, when I learned that, I was like, oh. I thought there was like a real thing is black salt. That is, that is um, mimicked by the addition of charcoal. So good for like, I love putting it on top of deviled eggs, like a little black sea salt um, crumbles, or uh, if you're serving like caviar or something like flying fish row that's orange black sea salt can provide a nice uh color and textural component but it's not worth seeking out if you're just going to dump it in pasta water Mm -hmm. okay so um talk to me a little bit about like the grain here and i have i guess i'm a little like grain obsessed so um like sel de mer is kind of like a flat sort Mm -hmm. of like like snowflakey crystal Mm -hmm. but then i think about malden which is a pyramidal shape um, you know, is there is there a difference? Is it just what I like? Is there, you know, like, why so is that? So it happens in the process of making the salt. So Seldomare, when they dry the salt, it actually, like, flakes up, like, fish scales, like dried fish scales or, like, bonito flake on the top of these screens. I'm just so hungry. <laughs> like, I just want... And I'll, when you and I worked together, we used to have containers of Malden, which is a British sea salt that we would just eat straight out of the blue and green or the green and white box yeah there's and then they come in tubs too Mm -hmm. yeah that was the best that was the best time of my life i cannot for home cooks who are listening i cannot highly recommend going on amazon or your local gourmet shop and getting yourself a box of malden sea salt it will change change your life life. change your (laughs) life so good little pyramid shape i was actually thinking about getting a little tattoo of a malden Mm. pyramid but i thought i don't know how you would after much after a lot of research into the Google images. I was like, I don't think that would come across Mm. cool. (laughs) As cool as I think it would. So then Himalayan salt is not created by the ocean at all. Himalayan salt is from the power of the plate tectonics of the earth moving together and it's harvested out of underneath the Himalayan mountains. So it's like yoga salt. It was never oceanic salt. Well, that's not true. Back when all of the earth was... Pangea. Then... But no, I don't think that's actually true. I think it was always formed in the pressure of the earth. I don't think it was ever oceanic salt. I think the salt, the, I think the ocean, I have to double check this. Okay. I'm, I'm curious. Positive. I want to know the answer. You'd think I would have had the answer before I went down this path. 
<laughs> it's okay. We're all on a journey. I'm almost certain that the ocean is salty because of the Himalayan sea salt, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can buy it in big blocks, and they were super rare. Mark bought me one years and years and years ago before I had any idea. Now you can get them at Target. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you put them in your oven and get them really hot, they'll hold heat. And then it's a fun dinner party trick because you can skewer shrimp and like people can hibachi their own shrimp mm, right on top of the salt block. Talking my language. You can also put it in the freezer and get it cold so you can make sashimi platters or cheese plates or, you know, whatever it is that you want if you want to keep things cold. Um, but I just think fascinating. It's not oceanic salt. So the one that I have has like, you can see the saw mark, like where it was cut mm. on a circular saw. And the problem with it that I, I have not rectified is that I have it sitting. Uh, once you get, start to get it hot, it will turn black. And it's beautiful just the way it is. It's like this lovely transparent or translucent pink. And you can see all of the like striations in it. <laughs> so I didn't want to use it because... I didn't want to ruin all of that beauty. So it's just been sitting on our windowsill. But the problem is that the salt has migrated and our whole like windowsill <laughs> is like a crystal farm now. Oh, wow. Which is not awesome in an 18th century Does it hold house. the moisture? Does it get sweaty? The salt gets sweaty mm-hmm. and then it like walks away. Yeah. And like up the window. We, so <laughs> on my yoga retreat, we mm-hmm. all got um, these little salt rocks and a little um, message and a candle. And we sat in a big circle um, and we You're read our quote. I love it. I know. <laughs> you wouldn't think it, but I am at heart. Um and so we read our quote and we had our rocks, which are salt. I mean, it's just like what you're saying. It was a salt rock. Was it pink? It was white. Okay. Um, but we brought them because we were on the beach and we brought them back to our room. And I had mine in the little like burlap sack with my paper. And because the beach was wet, the rock absorbed all the wetness and then bled it, <laughs> bled it out onto my quote. And then my quote ran. But um, it, that's not even, I don't think that's even why. I think the physics of it is the salt's actually pulling moisture out of the air, air to it. It wasn't carrying moisture from the beach back to your. I was so romantic. I <laughs> I'm I sorry. Like, it's why, water. like, so if, you, uh, if you've ever had the privilege of visiting someone's beach house, some people, Uncle Paul, <coughs> are neurotic about you not sitting down on a chair with a wet bathing suit. And for really good reason, because if you get salt into, like, the foam of a chair, forever it will always be wet forever and ever because the salt that you leave behind from your wet bathing suit your tush will pull the water out pull the moisture out of the air wow i know is that the koshering process (laughs) we've koshered the chair we've koshered the chair (laughs) the chair is kosher now ladies and gentlemen okay so in a nutshell kosher salt super inexpensive that's what you use for your everyday um cooking applications sea salt himalayan salt you can use as think of as finishing salts you can use them to like put on deviled eggs put on top of salads things where you want to know that the salt is there either for a textural component or a color component iodized salt table salt leave it behind got it okay all right if you have questions you can reach me chef emily at sharpenhot.com i am at chef emily p on twitter and instagram you can go to facebook forward slash sharpenhot i have to there's so much social media to be done. I have not been very active on the Facebook page. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter, though, that's where I'm at. Uh, and hashtag sharp and hot on your Instagram pictures, and I will send you a book. I'm really far behind. That's I was okay. so on top of it, I but know. anyone who's listening know that I have your, I have you. I've got you. I've got the books. I just have to get the, get myself to the post office is really what it's about. Amazing. Well, I also, because shameless plug, uh, big shout out to Sync Studio. If you guys are in the market, 
for a new place to get your yoga or your spin or your circuit on. Um, I love them. They're in Williamsburg on South 2nd. And big shout out to Gitana Del Mar. It means Gypsy of the Sea. <laughs> which I'm, Can anyone just go there or do you have to go um, as part of If you go, um, just Google them. So Gitana, G-I-T-A-N-A-D-E-L-M-A-R. Um, and they're in Santa Marta. Um, it's about an hour out of the airport. Um, but it's amazing. The owners, uh, Nina and Ryan, were just incredible. I can't, I mean, I, I, it's paradise. It's just actually paradise. And they have two dogs, uh, Milu and Mia, which does <laughs> prove that all know. good dogs do go to heaven. Aww. So anyway, <laughs> if, you want the, if you want this bliss, I would send you there. I'm looking at the website right now. That looks, that looks amazing. Amazing. Allison, thank you for being on the show. Dave, Dave, thank you for being the engineer. The theme song is Nice Peter, my friend Peter Shukoff. Everybody, thank you so much for listening and giving me a half hour of your time. Until next week, keep playing with fire and knives. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.